tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boostbytaxday to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Uh, what for me is the real game-changing opportunity is the fact that within the same year, we're going to have uh, operationalization of the Continental Free Trade Agreement. And then that suddenly opens up opportunities beyond Ghana uh, to SMEs, who obviously, like I said, play a key role in the economy. So the focus on an access to market is no longer about Ghana. It's about the larger um, African pool. And that gets me excited because you're talking about 1 billion consumers, uh, a potential 3 trillion economy. So huge, huge space for growth. And I think um, for us in I, especially when, you know, you, you, you have a database of over 2,000 SMEs, we are very committed to um, ensuring that our SMEs are well positioned and, um, you know, are very and remain competitive, if not become even more competitive. And that was Clarence Nutt today. You're still listening to the Joy Business Report. Now, with China being the second largest economy in the world, the coronavirus we started from there has not just ravaged lives, but also disrupted trade across the world. Here in Ghana, traders and importers who frequent China are deeply concerned about the outbreak as it impacts on trade volumes and hitting profits negatively. In today's business journal, I've puts together a report to explore the impact of the coronavirus on Ghana's trading community. Take a listen. It is a deadly virus disrupting markets, igniting panic on a global scale. Officials on high alert as a new virus emerges out of China. The deadly coronavirus makes its way to the United States. A man in his 30s diagnosed five days after returning home to Seattle from Wuhan, China. The African Union says it will screen guests during the upcoming African Union summit scheduled for February. It's not just a major health threat, it's also causing serious economic reverberations. This week, global corporations have been shutting operations in China and advising overseas staff not to visit the country. Here in Ghana, authorities have extended enhanced passenger screening all against a possible case of the coronavirus. Gideon Akwe is head of Port Health at the Kotoka International Airport. When they come, we have the health declaration form. We have a light in the Tamaskana. It will show red. So when it shows red, quickly we have an officer who will politely ask you to get aside the queue. Then we use this non-contact thermometer to recheck your temperature again. If still, it is above the threshold. We have the port health, airport clinic and the ambulance. So quickly, we have to inform the airport clinic, the ambulance. Then we also have to inform the international health regulations focal person. With 16 different international airlines cancelling or restricting flights to and from China, some Ghanaian importers who frequent China for business are concerned over the possible hike in prices of goods following the coronavirus outbreak. The coronavirus has left more than 7,000 people in mainland China hospitalized, with six to eight cases reported around the world. Because of the lockdown of... Patrick Osei-Broja is an importer. He fears the outbreak could impact prices on the retail space. 
it will create some shortage and that shortage may lead to some price hikes they need to restrict them they need to check them they need to you know make sure they are Moani Buhari deals in electricals she's had to cancel her annual trip to China due to the coronavirus with a limited stock of electrical wares, she's concerned about the impact of the virus on her business. I'm not going to China anytime now, and I don't know when I'll be going. I'm not 100% sure doing business with them, because when the things come, whatever is inside, I have to adjust. But if I'm there to buy, it's a different ballgame. President of the Ghana Union of Traders Association, Guta, Dr. Joseph Abin, has issued a firm warning to traders. This is very serious because it's also an airborne disease. Take precaution because we have to also uh, be careful not to uh, even go and drink disease. As Ghana-China trade volume registered over $6 billion in 2018, there are concerns the coronavirus could reduce trade volumes massively. We were given directives from our commissioner and the sector commander that we need to intensify our protective measures here. You can't take some of these things for granted. I will take opportunity of this engagement to inform our traders that they should be careful. I'm declaring a public health emergency of international concern over the global outbreak of novel coronavirus. The main reason for this declaration is not because of what is happening in China, but because of what is happening in other countries. For Joy Business, I'm Charles Aite. Well, and that's how we end this edition of the Joy Business Report with me, Charles Aite. We have more on developments concerning Coca-Cola on my Joy Online forward slash business. You may not want to lose out on all the details we have there for you. So just, just go visit the webpage and get yourself updated. That's how we end it. Coming up next is uh, George Addo Jr. and the team with Lockout. Do stay. Postman, I'm at the bank. Really? But your car is in front of your house. Bro, my bank or my phone, Charlie. Oh, how? Ecobank, bro. With Ecobank Mobile App, I can do everything, anywhere, anytime. Listen, I just checked my account balance, paid Amma's school fees, and sent money to my grandma at Walwale. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Masa, just download the Ecobank Mobile App from the Google Play Store or the App Store or dial star 770 hash and be your own bank manager. Manager, manager. Whether to pay bills or fees, to check account statements, send money across Ghana, abroad, and more. Ecobank Mobile App has got it covered. Ecobank Mobile making everyday people live everyday lives the Echo Bank way. Echo Bank, the Pan-African Bank. May I please have your attention for the following announcement. Nene Pediato, Asafotunuga of Kujagwe Divisional Council, Big Ada. Nene Agidi Ahaviache, the Sith, Wechoe of Kujagwe. Nana Uwi Usamahen Ameto, the First, Manye of Kujagwe. Nene Alex Te Ameto Kwamen Head Together with the Kwamen Owula Family of Adan Numo Kofi Potofi Head Together with the Potofi Family of Adan The Abayate Amegache Kanako And Allied Families of Anyaman and Adan Dogwig Baku the Fourth Dufia of Denu Dr. Andre Badohu Mr. Orison Dabi Mr. and Mrs. BBK Ayivo, the Baku Ayivo family of Denu, 
the Hatter family of Vipe, the Quest family of Keta, the Asumen Okla and Allied families home and abroad, the Asbury Danwall Church in Accra, and the Wesley Methodist Church in Big Adan, announced with deep sorrow the sudden death of their beloved Mr. Nathan Patapa Pat Kwamin, former Deputy Managing Director of the National Investment Bank. Which sad event occurred on the 26th of December 2019 at the Trust Hospital, Usu. He was 76 years. Funeral arrangements are as follows. On Friday, the 31st of January 2020, Trinity United Church, Trinity Theological Seminary, Ligon, Accra, will be the venue for Phylum Past, which starts from 7 a.m. to 8.30 a.m. Pre-burial service starts from 8.30 a.m. to 11 a.m. Interment private burial at Big Adan. On Sunday, the 2nd of February 2020, Thanksgiving service takes place on Sunday, the 2nd of February 2020 at the Osby Danwall Church, Independence Avenue, Ridge, Accra, at 10 a.m., followed by final funeral rites at the Snit Guest House, Ringway Estate, Accra. Widow, Mrs. Valerie Kwamen, Ne Aivo. Children, Mrs. Anita Asumin, Dr. Ma Ohui, Kwame Okla, Marco Kwame Esquire, Dr. Mamli Kwame, siblings, Mr. Ebenezer Chachu Kwame, Mr. Eric Tay Kwame, Ms. Nina Ohui Kwame, and Mr. Edward Akoli Kwame. Osage for Moetia of Oripinning, Ochehing, Nana Educhimwa, Ochehima, Nana de Dankwe Kofuado, the President of the Republic of Ghana, Osabe Mamafo, Kwabrani, Abwantin Domhini, Chebi, Yao Techi, GPRTU Chairman, Chebi, Ochehimba, Kwabnachum Ampofo, USA, Honorable Ken Furiata, Minister of Finance, the National Chairman, General Secretary, MPP, Opini Kofi Boateng, the District Ministers, and the entire congregation of Emmanuel Presbyterian Church, Chebi, announced the call to glory of Achehim by Fred Godgesbeck of Furiata Asante, a.k.a. Wafaya Goji, former member, Council of State, from October 1929 to October 2019. Funeral arrangements are as follows. There will be no wake. The body will be laid in state on Saturday, the 1st of February 2020, from 4.30 a.m. to 8 a.m. at Ofuripini Fie, Chebi. Burial service takes place on Saturday, the 1st of February 2020, from 8.30 a.m. to 12 p.m. at Emmanuel Presbyterian Church, Chibi. Interment, private burial. Final funeral rites take place at the forecourt of Ophiripeni Fie at Chibi at 1 p.m. Memorial and Thanksgiving service takes place on Sunday, the 2nd of February 2020 at the Emmanuel Presbyterian Church, Chibi at 9 a.m. Widow. Mrs. Adeline Emilia Asante, children Lawrence Oreku Asante, Aaron Kofi Asante of Uriata, Eric Kofi Asante of Uriata, Joseph Eugene Nanayao Boache Asante, Branford Nanafiedua Ajeman of Uriata, Josephine Boachewa Dankwahon, Gordon Gorgesberg of Uriata Asante, Henry Kwesi Echampon Asante, Clifford Johnny Amwakonata Asante, Frederick Nanafredua Ajeman Asante Ufuriata, Nanafredua Ajeman, Alice Warewa Ufuriata Asante, Gifty Ampofua, Susanna Akosuya Bo 
Jankroma Oforiata Asante. Mary Ann Ajua Otiwa Oforiata Asante. Amwakon Ata Asante. Cherchue Dankwa. Grandchildren 51. Great grandchildren 9. Atar for Saturday is black. Atar for Sunday is black and white. Nana Ochiame Opoku Anajusikan. New Jabin. Nana Ewukubram. Chief of Dau Traditional Area. Nana Osebun to the third. Tufuhin Agona Nyakrum. Kofitre, aka Kofitingo. Abusiapeni Kwekudia. Abusiapeni Kwame Danson. Leon Apenting and siblings regret to announce the death of their beloved Mother Margaret Ufori Pokwa, aka Auntie Maggie, which sad event occurred on the 7th of November 2019. She was 71. Funeral arrangements are as follows. There will be no wakekeeping. Burial service takes place on Saturday, the 1st of February, at Ochiami Opoku's Anajosikan's residence, Shodai Koforidia, from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m., and then proceed to the Jackson Park Koforidia for final funeral rites from 1 p.m. to 6 p.m. Thanksgiving service takes place on Sunday, the 2nd of February, at Royal House Chapel International, Jewa Lodge Koforidia, at 9 a.m., and then later proceed to the Koforidia Jackson Park for the final funeral rites from 1 p.m. to 6 p.m. Children, Miss Matilda Ochebwating, Mrs. Grace Inchi, Mrs. Janice Bidiako Sampong, and Miss Elizabeth Ochebwating. Grandchildren, 16. All friends and sympathizers are cordially invited. IGP, Mr. James Opon Bueno, Deputy Commissioner of Police, Jan Tre, Regional Commander, Bono State, Techiman. Reverend Ashford Teria Smith, ICGC Osu Accra. Reverend William Ametepe, ICGC Techiman. Anunai Busiapeni Kweku Blanksen, Abura Dinchia. Abusiapeni Yawia, Abura Dinchia. Basari Ngali Abusiapeni Kojo Sangbo, Techiman. Mr. Kwao Najongbo, Bonoman Song. Lawyer Smith Mbakimbi, Techiman and Kumasi. Captain Tom Accra. Lieutenant Colonel Adambeo Lar, 37 Military Hospital, said Nyantechi Bala, Kokobod, Accra, wished to announce the death of Kate Hawa Kwakuru and her children, Ebenezer Yangsen Kwakuru, Joy Ngonobe, and Imano Ejei Asiyama. Funeral arrangements are as follows. Funeral service will take place on the 1st of February 2020 at the Restoration Temple of ICGC Osu near VRA Hospital. Interment will take place at the Osu Final funeral rites will take place at the ICGC Osu Accra. Thanksgiving service will take place on the 2nd of February 2020 at ICGC Osu. Family will gather on Sunday, the 2nd of February 2020 at Ablikuma Fan Milk near Bolo's Place after church. All friends and sympathizers are cordially invited. That's all for the announcements. Thank you very Joy, much. Joy 99.7 FM. For all your sports news in the locker room. Hello, I'm Sarah Mulkerns, host of Sports World on the BBC World Service. For the very best of previews to the sporting weekend, listen to George Addo Jr. on The Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM. Live on radio, live online, this is The Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM with George Addo Jr.
Tennis is high on the sporting weekend's agenda as we look forward to the crowning moment of a truly dramatic, incident-laden, but enjoyable first Grand Slam of the year. Final. A Grand Slam final. Victory for Sofia Cannon of the United States. Team hits the backhand. Nadal with the forehand into the net. Dominic Team slowly raises his arms to the sky. Team comes out on the winning side. I had really the feeling that I was lucky in the right situation. Uh, Ned Cord was, was really on my side. Uh, but it's necessary because he's uh, one of the greatest of all time, biggest legends uh, this sport's ever had. So you need some luck to, to beat him. Federer serves for the match. Nets on the forehand and Federer seven match points he saved in the fourth set and he's taken the decider by six games to three Yes, we're in Melbourne this afternoon and you know, the two-time Grand Slam champion Garbini Muguruza is up against the American Kennan in Saturday's final and the male final we'll see a contest between one of the big three and one of the next generation We'll be right in Australia for analysis ahead of two finals this weekend Novak Djokovic is waiting in the wings in football, the European winter transfer window closes tonight. And there are a few clubs going through their emotions as players who are desperate to sort out their futures. There's certainly Ericsson range, but can he get it up and over the wall? Let's see. Oh, he can! In spectacular fashion. It's been a difficult window to operate in with price inflation, emotionally charged decisions and somewhat unpredictable reactions. With leadership changes taking on the legacy of previous administrations in challenging circumstances, closing deals could be harder than many expected. As the time to dot the I's across the T's comes to a close, will it be a big gamble or a chance to secure a successful future? The clock is ticking. The closing of the January transfer window. Place to hear it all. Manchester United have their man Bruno Fernandes. Chelsea, Arsenal, Spurs, and Barcelona will slot it out tonight on the Transfer Countdown Show on the Joy News Channel and Multi TV between 9:30 p.m. and midnight. We have our taps on immediate assignments for fresh men across the European leagues. Bruno Fernandes will learn a lot about Manchester United when they play against Wolverhampton. Leicester City face Chelsea in one of the weekend's headliners. The main event, though, is Jose Mourinho Spurs versus Pep Guardiola's Manchester City. And this ball in, brilliantly finished. Sergio Aguero has his treble. Bent clear air between himself and Schindler, and it's gone in off Congolo. Manchester City have six. Well, he's calm, he hasn't got it. Ericsson's kept it alive, and it's put into the back of the net by Deli Alley. They've lost their chance, though, and Harry Kane. Makes no mistake second time round. Liverpool play the informed Southampton. In Spain, Real Madrid would like to keep their lead when they face Atletico Madrid in the Madrid derby. Barcelona home to Levante. And we preview all games, including the Serie A and the Bundesliga fixtures. Also coming up, Owa loops the ball into the area. That's the ball! Akumasia Sati got to go hard the first goal! Just this play! Just the goal for Akumasia Sati got the goal! The pocket by Warriors! After last weekend's Super Clash meeting, life goes on. With Giants, Accra Hearts, Savoke and Kumasi Asante Kotoko back in the hunt for three points to feather their course. Kotoko are back behind closed doors against Liberty Professionals. Hearts play Dreams FC and leaders Brickham Chelsea travel to Pichim. We have a full preview of match day seven fixtures to come. 
If you'd like to send us a message, we'd like to read them via social media accounts. Joy slash 99.7 on Facebook. 0244340437 on WhatsApp. And you can tweet at us at joysportsgh. We'll be in the Bukum Boxing Arena to preview Wasiru Mohammed's WBO Global Junior Featherweight title defense against Benin's John Amuzu. Time to talk about what the world is talking about in the world of sport. Hello from me, George Adi Jr. And welcome to Preview Friday. A very special Friday. Great to have you guys on board. 0244-340-437. Yes, we're talking all sport. There's a big, big, big preview of the Australian Open Finals to come. That's on Saturday and on Sunday. But we'll have to start with one place right here in the country. The Ghana Premier League is on match day seven. Uh, the Women's League as well is on match day three. We'll start though then with the Ghana Premier League. Live on radio, live online, this is The Locker Room with George Addo Jr. Ghana Premier League next on The Locker Room and week seven beckons. With life returning to normal after scenes of a full across sports stadium, fans of Giants, Hearts and Kotoko daring each other and good football on show. Hearts and Kotoko are still off the pace, yes, needing to catch Adriano Stars and Brickham Chelsea as well as Ashgold, who lead the way at the moment on the Ghana Premier League log. Hearts to have a date with Dreams FC. Kotoko face Liberty Professionals and leaders Brickham Chelsea are away to Bechem. So let's get a bit of analysis now. I heard it was expected to be an eventful match day. And joining me on the show is my colleague Benedict Owusu. Thank you very much, Benedict, for your time then. After a wonderful spectacle last Sunday, a lot of neutrals will be on the lookout for the roll-on effect. Hearts travel to do. Kumasi Asante Kotoko back behind closed doors against Liberty Professionals. So how do these games offer the opportunity to ride on Sunday's success? Well, a lot of people will be looking at the attendance uh, after what happened at the Accra Sports Stadium. That was last week in the Super Clash. I mean, it would have been nice uh, to get people or fans in the stadium in Kumasi, but because Asante Kotoko are still serving their ban, uh, the fans cannot make their way into the stadium. I mean, at the uh, after that wonderful performance, uh, you know, which got them that 2-1 win, you know how their fans are, and I'm sure they would have, you know, turned up in their numbers to support them uh, to continue, uh, you know, their fine form, but that wouldn't happen. But I think on the pitch, yeah, Santa Cruz definitely uh, will give everything in them. Uh, they come up against a side that managed to, you know, uh, win their last game against Wafa uh, by two goals to one. And we all know Liberty Professionals, their history at the Baba Stadium and uh, would want to go there and do something. But notwithstanding, with everything that happened uh, at the Accra Sports Stadium, I think that Kotoko, of course, they, they go into this game as favourites and, and should uh, win to make it back-to-back uh, wins after uh, that wonderful display against Accra for For Hearts of Folk, going to Dewu is a different thing altogether. I mean, Dreams FC this season... Uh, are ensuring that uh, they make the Dole Park a fortress, a place where at least uh, their, their worst uh, would be a draw. And for Hearts, having lost uh, to Asante Kotoko, they would want to quickly bounce back to winning ways. You know, they came from a very bad place after losing back-to-back and then New Doom took charge, uh, started winning, drawing, only Asante Kotoko halted uh, their win. So they, they would want to quickly bounce back to winning ways. And I don't know how much uh, that can help going into that game against Dreams FC. Dreams have their own way of, you know, punishing teams anytime they come to the Dewu Park. So I, I think it will be a difficult game. It will, it will be one that uh, whoever you know comes in a game and make use of the chances they create definitely will win. But I see Hearts of Oak getting something out of that game, at least a draw uh, for the Phobians. And uh, the worst result for Dreams FC will be a draw. But I, I tip Dreams FC to win. If Hearts should win, I wouldn't be too surprised. But uh, I, I don't think they can go there and get a win. At least a draw will be good for Accra Hearts of Oak. Ben, the attention surely goes off. 
Hearts and Kotoko because they have a lot of work to do in catching up with Brickham Chelsea and the at least for now. The two are firmly in line to win as of now, but have tricky encounters in Bechem and Doma receiving Midyama. I think for Bekum Chelsea and Idiana Stars, I mean, what a season they are having. Uh, they, they stand us. Uh, the two teams are uh, playing some delightful football and getting some interesting results in the Premier League. Uh, you look at Bekum Chelsea and everything this week, season is working for them. Uh, they hardly concede goals. They are always winning their games. And, you know, playing at home or going away to the Nana Fusu Jabwa Park where they play against Bechim United. Mind you, Bechim lost uh, their last game uh, to Accra Great Olympics and always anytime they meet uh, at that ground is a different thing altogether. Forget about the form of Bechim United. Forget about the form of Bekum Chelsea. It's a sort of a local derby there. So that really comes to play. You know, I think that it will, be, it will be a tough game. It will be, it will be one that I'll not be surprised if Bechim get something out of this game because they also would want to, you know, uh, give their fans something to laugh about after that defeat uh, to Accra Great Olympics. But I, I definitely will stick my neck out uh, for a Chelsea win uh, on Sunday at the Nana uh, Fusuji Abwa Park. And for Ediana Stars playing against Mediama Messi, boy, what a game that will be at the Nana Ajman Bidu Park. Mediama, uh, just as Ediana Stars, uh, very formidable at their home ground, they make sure uh, they don't, you know, lose points. And that's one thing that the teams in the uh, northern part of Ghana are doing this season's Premier League. I mean, anytime you come to their home uh, venue, they make sure they get all the few maximum points. At least, uh, even if they are not going to get a few points, at least the points uh, should work for them. So, I think that will be will be interesting. Will be pick, uh, that's my uh, top liner this weekend. The Adriana Stars, Media Mercy. I think that Adriana, uh, for me, will go in the game as favourites, but I won't rule out Media Mercy. Media Mercy can go there and get a good result. A draw for me in that game uh, won't be a bad result for both teams, but I'll stick, I'll go for the uh, home team, Adriana Stars, uh, to win that game. All right, Ben, we'll see how those games go. Great Olympics have been on a fantastic run so far. Not the 100% you're talking about, but they drew with Elmina Sharks, they beat Karela United and beat Inter Allies. Up next is a visit of Wafa. What's working for Coach Prince Kofi? I don't know if you remember uh, after match day three when they had not won any game. I, I told you that if they should start winning, it will continue. They, their form uh, will just come and it will be something else. Because, I mean, coming to this season, they signed some experienced players players that uh, we've been used to in the Premier League. I mean, the likes of Emmanuel Clotty, the likes of uh, Glatin Awaku, uh, Godfrey Saka. You know, these are players that, you know, lighted up the Premier League some years back. And if uh, Great Olympics uh, having, you know, uh, made their way back into the Premier League, are having the services of these players, and then you should expect something. Yes, they, they, they started on a very bad note. After three games, they had not won uh, any match. And then they started winning, went away, got a good result. They actually started from home, went away, uh, drew and also came back uh, last week to win their game against Bechem United. I mean, yes, uh, they, they go, they go, uh, they still play at home, uh, they play against Wafa. And what a game that will be. Wafa having lost uh, to uh, Liberty Fresh now would want to bounce back to winning ways. But I think that uh, Coach Prince Kofi and the boys uh, are, are doing something right. What they are doing now is uh, they've realized the, the quality they have and how you know the confidence is back. That's what they were lacking. They just needed their confidence back. Yes, they have the quality, they have the players, but you know the tag uh, on them that yes, they were going to come, add up to the numbers, and, and go back, uh, you know, uh, into the division one. 
now they've changed that totally. You, you, when any time they play and watch them, you could see that their mindset is totally different. It, it looks different uh, from a team that uh, have just come into the Premier League to participate and go back. They, they have a mindset of a team that have come to stay. And after their last game, their coach made mention of that that they will do everything possible to stay in the Premier League. And I think that's what is giving them playing against Wafa. Yes, uh, Wafa, a very difficult side to play. Whether you play against them at the Sugakope Park or wherever. Uh, but according to the Olympics, uh, having won uh, their last uh, last three games, they've won two and have drawn one. It's set up for a very good game for them. Wafa lost their last game at home to Liberty Professional. So that, of course, uh, gives gives them some motivation to come out there and overturn that result. But uh, I fancy Olympics to get a draw in that game. If, if not that, then Wafa uh, will get the three maximum points at the Accra Stadium. Benedict, there are equally great ties to come. And as we end this session of the show I'm just looking at the battle of the stragglers between Inter Allies and Ken Faisal three more games tell me the stories you'll be chasing all through the weekend yeah interesting games to look forward to Elmina Sharks uh, will take on 11 wonders well both teams it's not been too good for them they, 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 they managed to you know get some good results at home by any time they go away a bit of a problem for them Elmina Sharks uh, after that wonderful display they exhibited against Inter Allies at the Accra Stadium, which they actually won that game by three goals to two. I haven't really, uh, you know, seen any good performances from them away. I will straight away go for Elmina Sharks. Uh, they will win that game. It will be interesting to see how uh, Yawa Champo and the coach and his assistant, that's Felix Abouadje, uh, will put together a team uh, to play against Lemon Monday. Karela United, Legon Cities. What a game that will also be. Legon City having, you know, to travel all the way. Uh, to that side of town, they are compact uh, with their new bus. I think this is the first time they are going there. So, yes, uh, they, they will have a feel of the road. You sit in a very nice bus, uh, one that when it falls in a pothole, you will not feel it as a player or as an official. And then last week, I was thrilled that they, are, they won their very first game of the season at the Accra Stadium. Going to Karela, who, you know, have been struggling this season, oh, our, our friend, and brother and lawyer Monday, things not going well for his side at all. Elegon uh, City is very, very motivated uh, to go there and do something. Uh, I think I'll go for a draw. Briefly, Ashanti Gold, Ebusson Dwarves uh, at the Obwassel in Clay Stadium. I think straight away it will be an Ashanti Gold win. Uh, Ash Gold this season, they have the quality. Uh, they, they, they have a coach. Uh, they've brought in a technical director who is always there to make sure the, the coach is doing the right thing. It will be an interesting week. It will be, it will be great. Uh, I expect to see a lot of goals uh, as we did last week. Thank you very much, Benedict, for your time on the show. And there's definitely more to come. We'll be keeping you right up there in terms of updates on the Joy Sports Arena. That's on Sunday at 4pm. Do join us for that. We've also got live commentary of the game involving Manchester City and Tottenham Hotspur. Now, though, let's talk about the Women's Premier League. That's on. They are matching into March Day 3. So much to look forward to. Joy Sports' Susan Uswansa has put together that wrap and you can enjoy this. The Ghana Women's Premier League continued last weekend with an avalanche of goals and week three promises more exciting packages. Plus the must-watch security service game between police ladies and immigration ladies at the Magdanla Community Park. Hazakes are still on a redemption mission after losing their two opening games. They will play host to Lady Strikers at the Sipon Stadium. Halifax will entertain soccer intellectuals at the Temasport Stadium, while Samaria Ladies and Sea Lions both who lost their match day two games will face off at the Parkway Indome Sports Stadium in Elm. 
Mina. The Northern Zone will witness fabulous ladies at home at the Westco Park in Kumasi. They will hope to take home advantage to quench the fire in visiting Ampem Dakwan, who have recorded nine goals in two matches. Prison ladies need to get to winning ways, but can they do it against high-flying Pelpia ladies at the Sunyan Coronation Park? Northern ladies had a touring weekend in Techiman as they suffered a 4 0 defeat last time, and they now entertain Ashton ladies at the Aliu Mahama Stadium. Meanwhile, a rejuvenated Kumasi Sports Academy concluded the weekend's fixtures with a trip to Kumasi as the idea first three points against the struggling Supreme Ladies. All right, so we look forward to that. There's more preview to come with uh, Suzanne. Oswansa on the sports review. That's tomorrow in the morning. If you can join us at 7 a.m. on the Joy News channel on Multi TV. Now, time to talk to Tennis. And you know, Dominic Seam has made it through to his third Grand Slam final. He's a man who will face Novak Djokovic, clearly the king of Australia or the king of that first Grand Slam. He's done so well there. And that will be on Sunday in the women's final. We know what to expect there. Gabina Muguruza is up again. Sophia Kenning. Now, though, let's get into the big preview. Live on radio, live online, this is The Locker Room with George Addo Jr. Final, a Grand Slam final. Victory for Sophia Cannon of the United States. Team hits the backhand. The Nadal with the forehand into the net. Dominic Team slowly raises his arms to the sky. Team comes out. I had really the feeling that I was lucky in the right situation. Uh, Ned Court was, was really on my side. Uh, but it's necessary because he's uh, one of the greatest of all time, biggest legends uh, this sport's ever had. So you need some luck to, to beat him. Backhand Djokovic is deep and Federer puts the backhand into the net. And I'm sure it's a feeling that never grows old for Djokovic. An eighth Australian Open final, that's a record. And now a 26th Grand Slam final. Tennis next on the locker room and two weeks of action in Melbourne will end at the weekend with two special finals at the Rotleva Arena. Female singles final will see two-time Grand Slam champion Gabini Muguruza take on American Sofia Kenin. And the male draw will have hardcore constant Novak Djokovic featuring. Now the first Grand Slam of the year had its battles with hot temperatures and the rain but it's finishing with some gloss. Joining me now for a three-way preview ahead of a two finals this weekend, Australian tennis legend Mac Woodford, former Wimbledon champion Marion Bartley, and the BBC's tennis correspondent and commentator Russell Fuller. All three in Melbourne. Thank you guys for your time on the show. And we know Novak Djokovic moved a step closer to retaining the Australian Open title with a straight-set semi-final win over an injury-hit rival, Roger Federer. Djokovic was 4-1 and 40 love down in the opening set before recovering to win the tiebreak. More on Novak shortly. Russell, that was a crazy tournament for the 20-time Grand Slam champion, Roger Federer. There was no real sign of it in the opening couple of rounds where he played really, really well and was very efficient in winning in straight sets. And then it got tricky against John Millman in the third round. Did really, really well to win that match, but it was 10-8 in a fifth set tiebreak and it was over four hours long and that was already telling us that Roger Federer probably wasn't going to win this Australian Open because of the way he was playing and because of the amount of tennis he'd already played in the first week. And that's before you even get to the tennis Sangren match, which he won 6-3 in the decider, having saved seven match points. So, as he says, 3% chance of winning against Djokovic yesterday. I think that's probably a fair assessment because Djokovic 
even if you are fully fit and even if you are Roger Federer, has this aura of Melbourne Park. It's almost getting as difficult to beat Djokovic on the Rod Laver Arena as it is to beat Rafa Nadal on court Philip Chatry at Roland Garros and how difficult it was to beat Roger Federer a few years ago on Wimbledon Centre Court for our period. But I think they're minor issues. Federer clearly was restricted and we hope that doesn't keep him out of the game for too long it doesn't sound as if it will but I think with Djokovic little tiny bumps on the road but he's going to be a desperately difficult man to stop in that final on Sunday after a couple of days off and after going to the botanical gardens to climb his fig tree which apparently he does every year at this time of year that's Novak for you well Mark it appears Novak is simply unstoppable on Rod Laver. he loves your hometown Australia he certainly does and uh, he showed his colours tonight after a bit of a scratchy start he was able to resettle himself and uh, push through straight set victory over well uh, an injured Roger Federer but uh, awaits him is the, the outcome of semi Dominic team or Sasha Verev Dominic team has certainly the firepower to match it with Novak from the back of the court well, guys, victory will mean a record-extending eighth Australian Open triumph for Novak Djokovic, who has lost just three matches at Melbourne Park in the past 10 tournaments. It will also move him winning three of the 38-year-old's Federer's all-time record of 20 men's Grand Slam singles titles and within two of Spain's Rafa Nadal. This is some race to keep an eye on, Bathy. Well, absolutely, and um, I think there is a race that is going on between those three players of who is going to end up with the most Grand Slam, but you have to say that because Novak looks younger, I think his body is younger as well, and probably has a little bit more years, especially compared to Rafa, of course, compared to, to Roger, probably Roger we stopped before Novak and, and Rafa, but you still feel also Novak has a little bit more tennis in his life than Rafa, that feels that you, his body is really struggling now, especially on hard courts. Um, compared to Klaibs, probably have one or two more Roland Garros, but you have the feeling that the serve might be the one at the end of the day is going to top up the other two, and actually... You know, it has been so much about Roger and Rafa rivalry for so many years and the love of the crowd being for one or the other that I, he might be the one at the end staying on top and being the king and sort of getting the love of everyone at the end of his career. And it's probably what he's looking for as well. He has been desperate to get the same love as the other two. And he might be the one getting it at the end. And I think Nadal is just starting to feel his age a little bit now. A comment he made after losing to Dominic Team was that he hits the ball so powerfully He's younger, he made that comment, and he is going to be 34 in June during Roland Garros. And given the number of injuries he's had and the fact he's been out there since his late teens, I think we have to be realistic, don't we? And as Marion says, probably this year and next year are going to be the best chances for him to add to his Grand Slam titles at Roland Garros in particular. It's going to get very, very difficult after that, as I felt for a long time it would be for Federer at the age he is. And I know he so nearly won Wimbledon last year, but can't keep expecting miracles. So the next generation have been doing their bit set to pass out. Daniel Medvedev as well. It's been a great showing and really showed us a lot that they've got huge potential. But let's talk about the two semi-finalists. Whatever happens in the end. Dominic Thiem and Alexander Zverev. Final or no final? These are great feats anyway. Well, for me, it's quite incredible actually that Sasha Zverev is just playing his first semi-final for Grand Slam. I feel I hear his name since so long and yet he was not able to perform in Grand Slam at the way he should and basically completely flying under the radar in here actually having zero expectation about his level just probably trying not to double foot 50 times during a match actually <laughs> helped him to just probably be a little bit more relaxed about 
what you should do on the court and not taking it so seriously. I think I read an article saying that usually before in a Grand Slam, he was really sort of changing out completely from his life and just trying to stay in a bubble and that actually put him a lot more pressure and he's just trying to take it in a more relaxed way and I think maybe he has found the, the right fit for him in order to approach those huge events and that might take more time from some other players to actually figure it out what they should do and it's definitely another level of expectation when you're entering a Grand Slam it's going to be the same for Sofia Kenny next time she's going to enter a Grand Slam in Roland Garros when you made your final you're expecting yourself to do extremely well the next Grand Slam as well so there is a lot of things he will have to deal afterwards but right now he's playing some great tennis they know each other for so long when you have grown up together when you have played against each other in the juniors there is also a lot more history between the two and I think that match is probably with a lot more pressure than you know what we can see from the outside so guys let's talk about the female final tomorrow on Rod Lever between Garbini Muguruza and Sofia Kenin Gabini Muguruza continued her recent revival by reaching the Australian Open final with straight sets, with a straight set win over Romanian Simona Halep. A two-time Grand Slam champion fought off four sets points in the opener and twice came back from a breakdown in the second. So, it's Muguruza's first appearance at the Grand Slam since she won the Wimbledon title in 2017. Mark, what has she been doing right? I think she's made some positive moves. Uh, the first one, rehiring Conchita Martinez. So that's a, a wealth of experience right behind her. I, I watched a little bit of that match the, this afternoon and obviously the extreme heat. I thought that the, the conditions that they were going to be playing under, it would affect Mergarusa simply because Halep, you know, it usually doesn't, you know, fail. She doesn't hesitate in conditions like that. And she had done a, a pre-season. She, she had acclimated here earlier wasn't to be. I was so impressed with Mogarutha chasing on the baseline. She seemed to be prepared to put in the, the hard yards and, uh, you know, under a lot of pressure in that first set, she was able to survive. Um, I was really impressed with her. Disappointed though, but Halep, towards the end, there were opportunities for her to move forward, but that continual reluctance to actually finish the points uh, put her in second place in the match. Marion, you should have a lot of experience on this. Everyone knows Gabini Muguruza, of course, two-time Grand Slam champion. How about the American Sophie Kenin, hoping to win for the first time? She's not that popular, is she? Well, especially because she's an American and Coco Goff probably took the whole media attention last year and this year as well here at the Australian Open. And of course, every time a Grand Slam is around, it's all about Serena, whether she can clinch on 24th one as well. But... You know, she has a very small staff. It's just her and her father, which in a way reminds me a lot about me and, and what I did in my career. But she's a very feisty competitor. She goes on court believing she can beat anybody. I actually really like her attitude when she's on the court. She competes really hard. She just plays every single point the best way she can. She has a solid game. Nothing stands out massively out of her game. She doesn't have a big serve. She doesn't have a big shot. But there is not really massive weaknesses either. And I just feel competing is actually her best strength. Because she just go out there without thinking she's going to lose a match. And she didn't show up on Rolever Arena thinking it's good enough to be in the semi-final. If I lose to the number one player in the world, actually is Australian, that's fine for me. She really stepped out there, having the mentality to go and win the match. And it was a tight two sets. It could have gone either way. It was 7-6, seven, 7-5. Seven, but she keep on really trying to retain her enforcers to the lowest as possible and just use the court really well. And, you know, that's that's her. She just 
give you the ball and ask and ask yourself whether you can hit winners and, and Ash was not able to do it enough in order to win the match so we look forward to the finals on Saturday and Sunday as the first Grand Slam of the year wraps up and you know Dominic Thiem is the man coming up against Novak Djokovic that's the final on Sunday Novak Djokovic will want to really go up there and win it he's made that court his rock lever that's where it is and as well we say a big thank you then to Australian tennis legend Mark Woodford to former Wimbledon champion Marion Batley and the BBC's tennis correspondent and senior commentator as well Russell Fuller all in Melbourne now we have to quickly find out what's happening with the Joy Sports BBC two-way series John Bennett has been on hand we're chasing transfer deals because today's transfer deadline day here you go. Thanks, John, for your time this weekend. And surely the winter transfer window is closing and clubs are quickly trying to regroup for the remainder of their football season. So let's start with perhaps the happiest set of fans for now. Manchester United fans have Bruno Fernandes. How does he solve any of Ole Gunnar immediate issues, though? I think this is a great signing, George, for Manchester United. He's a number eight. He'll slot into that midfield as an attacking player. In terms of his style, he's Frank Lampard, a type player, I would say. Listen, he's not at that level yet, but he, he plays in a similar mould. He can score from long range. He's brilliant from free kicks, brilliant from corners. He's really good at arriving in the box, scoring goals. 20 goals last season for Sporting. I know the Portuguese league is not as strong as the Premier League, but I was talking to Carlos Calvajal, who's the manager of Rio Ave in Portugal. Used to manage Sporting, used to manage Swansea City, or remember as well in the Premier League. He's seen Bruno Fernandes at close quarters and uh, I interviewed him for the BBC to, to get a scouting report about Bruno Fernandes and he couldn't have been higher in his praise the way he described him he says he really understands the game he's a leader um, he's someone who is dynamic someone who will really improve Manchester United's midfield he says he's got an antenna in his head really understands football very intelligent player so I, so I think this is a really good signing for Manchester United They've got deeper problems I think they need to fix. But, uh, you know, we, we criticise them enough. Let's praise them for getting this deal done because I think he really will improve the team. Right then, a number of clubs will be going hard tonight and hopefully try to wrap up their business. Let's look at the needs of Chelsea, Arsenal, Spurs and Barcelona who seem very desperate as well. Yeah, Chelsea, desperate for a striker, aren't they? They need to get a striker over the line and if they do, Olivier Giroud will leave. Tottenham, they, I think they're still in the market. There's even talk today, which is totally unconfirmed, by the way, but one um, newspaper in, in England, The Times, talking about Tottenham trying to get Gareth Bale back on loan. Gareth Bale's agent has always said that he would never go out on loan. He's too good a player to go out on loan. He's happy at Real Madrid, wants to stay for another two years. So, listen, um, it would be a massive surprise to me, but uh, we've seen stranger things happen on transfer deadline day, haven't we? In terms of the other things we're watching, you know, Dries Mertens, his name has been mentioned. Josh King at Bournemouth has been, you know, mentioned linked with Manchester United. It could be a fairly busy day, actually. I, I didn't think it would be uh, going into it, but there seems to be um, a few bits happening. So it's one to watch over the next 24 hours. 
John, on to the pitch issues next. And Bruno Fernandes could be starting for United in a tricky game against the Giants Slayers. Wolverhampton Wanderers, Nuno Esperanto, has accounted for the Red Devils already this season. Should we expect more of the same? It's, it's a tricky one. It's always a tricky game for the, for the big six going to Wolverhampton Wanderers. They seem to play in a style which which really can can hurt the, the big six teams, teams that attack them. And with with Manchester United bringing in Bruno Fernandes, I, I think there'll be a lot of positivity around Manchester United. I think they'll feel that they, they can really get a result uh, against Wolverhampton Wanderers. But Wolves will know that if, if they can win the game, then a top-four place is, is more than likely. The, Chelsea seem to be doing everything they can to slip up and not grab that top-four place. So there's an opportunity there for Tottenham, for, 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 for Arsenal even, maybe. They'd have to put a really good run together, definitely for Wolverhampton Wanderers, to, to try and Tottenham as well, to try and push into that top-four. So for, for, for both teams, it's a huge game. Right, champions Manchester City face Spurs in another Jose Pep clash. Considering the problems both have encountered, who do you fancy coming out with all three points? Manchester City confused me at the moment. They've got issues at the back. Amrit Laporte's still not fully fit, so he's not playing week in, week out. They, they really miss him. They've got problems going forward with um, the, the, the amount of chances they miss. Raheem Sterling in particular, I think it's seven games now without a goal for him. They, they miss a lot of chances. They certainly did against Manchester United in midweek. As for Tottenham, they've got those issues replacing Harry Kane. Uh, they've got new players arriving. Bergvine has come in. Can, how can he improve the team? Will he start for Mourinho? Does Mourinho rate him? Was it his decision to sign him? So there are issues for both sides. I expect Manchester City, though, to have the edge and to, to win that game. Remarkably, though, Manchester City could go into that game 22 points behind the leaders Liverpool Liverpool playing against Southampton on Saturday you'd expect them to win that game they've won their last 15 in the Premier League 22 points the lead they could have on Saturday night that, that is incredible uh, John let's end with critical ties you'll be looking out for Leicester versus Chelsea is surely one that will keep fans alert. what else do you have? Yeah, third against fourth. Leicester City have to pick themselves up off the floor after that really disappointing defeat to Aston Villa in the EFL Cup semi-finals. They've got some issues, Leicester City. They seem to have slipped a little bit. They rushed Wilfred and Diddy back from injury. I'm not sure he's fully fit. He's a crucial player for them. So they don't look fully confident. Uh, Jamie Vardy's had this muscle injury as well. Is he fully fit? And Chelsea have got issues as well. Tammy Abraham not firing as he did at the start of the season. They find it difficult to break some teams down. Leicester are strong defensively, so it's a tough one for them. The big games I'll be looking at, though, in the relegation battle, you've got West Ham in 17th, Brighton in 15th. They're playing each other. That's a real nerve-wracking game. And 18th place Bournemouth taking on 16th place Aston Villa. Another really tough game that you won't be able to take your eyes off. The quality may not be there, but for drama, those games are going to be absolutely fascinating. Uh, the BBC's John Bennett there with the wrap. We'll look forward to the games. Now let's check out the big games not to miss this weekend. Here's Joy Sports Moses Yaboa. Setien's Barcelona are set to host Levante over the weekend as the proverbial boxing match at the top of the league table enters round 22. 
But the big game is on Saturday as Real Madrid will be looking to move six points clear at the top when they welcome Atletico Madrid in the Madrid derby on Saturday afternoon. Los Blancos are currently three points ahead of second place Barca at the top, while Atletico occupy fifth with 36 points to show from their 21 matches. Two of the biggest rivals in Italian football will meet on Saturday as Juventus are preparing to host Fiorentina in a Serie A game. Juve are on top of the standings with 51 points, three clear of their closest challengers, Inter, who travel to Udinese. AC Milan will host Verona. In the German Bundesliga, RB Leipzig will seek to maintain their top spots in the duel at home with Borussia Mönchengladbach. Second place Bayern Munich with just a point behind Leipzig are away to Mainz 05 and Union Berlin will journey to fourth place Dortmund. The French League R champions Paris Saint-Germain look very likely they will have a fairly routine game on Saturday as they take on Montpellier at home. It's been a difficult window to operate in with price inflation, emotionally charged decisions and somewhat unpredictable reactions. With leadership changes taking on the legacy of previous administrations in challenging circumstances, closing deals could be harder than many expected. As the time to dot the I's across the T's comes to a close, will it be a big gamble or a chance to secure a successful future? The clock is ticking. The closing of the January transfer window. Two deadlines. One place to hear it all. So the Joy Transfer Countdown is on on the Joy News Channel and Multi-TV. You have to join us at 9.30pm. We're going all the way till midnight. There's quite a lot to be chasing. Joining me in studio right now just for a little bit of what to expect. Bill LeSean. Bill, how are you doing this afternoon? Fantastic, George. All right. So what are we chasing? Manchester United fans are still looking for a striker. What, what have you got to tell them? Well, there has been some rumours of them chasing Joshua King of Burnmouth. They've already made a bid which wasn't accepted. But that doesn't mean that they cannot secure it before the, trans- the transfer deadline day ends because Bermuda are saying that yes, uh, they are searching for a replacement for him, but it, it is very difficult. So there is a chance that Manchester United, United, yeah, chance chance. Manchester United can still find a man. We'll be keeping tabs on that. How about Chelsea? They want a striker too. Yeah. Dres Mertens, what's happening? Yeah, um, they bid twice for Dres Mertens, but both of them were rejected on the spot. Now they, ha- they are preparing their third bid and they are waiting for the answer of Napoli. Whether or not they would accept that it's going to be a problem entirely because Olivier Giroud wants to leave, so they want to find a replacement for Tammy Abraham who got injured in the London derby against Arsenal as well. And we know that Olivier Giroud is definitely the likes of Inter Milan and uh, Newcastle Spurs. I was just right on his radar. Uh, not only that, uh, Kevin prince wants to move again this time. What are you hearing? Yeah, um, yesterday they did mention that Celta Vigo were ahead of the race, but just this morning... It has been confirmed that there are some advanced negotiations with Besiktas mm. of Turkey. So there are some discussions over there and hopefully Besiktas will be able to secure the deal before the transfer window closes in the end. Uh, and that's one we'll keep uh, tabs on as well. But we know Barcelona need a striker badly. They need a striker badly. <laughs> What's happening with them now? Well, it's, it's, it's been very, 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 very confusing. <laughs> just, just, just yesterday, they didn't mention that they were bidding... 100 million for Rich Allison. I was surprised when I saw it. And also, I've been hearing that they want to take William for 20 million. And I'm wondering, what do they see in that guy? What exactly do they see in William to take him? But they, they're still in search of the striker. Uh, there have been names being mentioned around, but 
it's difficult to get them on a loan deal at this point because mm. they're doing well for their clubs and their clubs do not want to let them go, especially yeah. the Taro Martinez. Yeah. So I think maybe they can ta- take us a more journey. Alright, thank you very much, Billy Sean, for joining me. And it's good we end on that Barcelona note because Comlado is up next with headline user two and he's a Barcelona fan. Comlado, you need a striker badly. Hope you can find him. That's it though for the locker room. Um we're back next week with another great edition of the show. Comlado, maybe you're just your word. Just a word there. Would you find a striker tonight? Um, it's hard. Um, I'm not too sure. I admit it's hard, yes. <laughs> I'm not too sure, but we really, really need a striker really badly. <laughs> but the headline news are two. Uh, coming up, Ningo Pram, Pram MP to take legal action against the Ekufado administration challenging findings of white paper on Ayawaso violence. Zoom Lion Ghana Limited loses appeal against Auditor General over 184 million CDs paid to the Waste Management